0: this episode, we interview Kathy Henrich, CEO of Milwaukee Tech Hub Coalition, an organization in Wisconsin focused on inclusively doubling tech talent in the region in order to create enduring economic prosperity and create life-changing opportunities. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Today, we have Kathy Henrich, the CEO of Milwaukee Tech Hub Coalition. Kathy, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you so much. Glad to be here.
0: Yes, perfect. So per usual, we like to start by um, hearing what the mission is of the organization, in this case, Milwaukee Tech Hub. So I'd love to hear kind of the elevator pitch mission statement from your perspective.
1: Yeah, so the mission is to inclusively double tech talent here in the Milwaukee region, both to drive economic prosperity in the region, but also create life-changing opportunities for individuals as well within the region. We have 125 member organizations working together aligned around that mission.
0: All right. Wow. Boom. Done. Elevator pitch. You got it down. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, before we get into Milwaukee Tech Hub, uh, I'd love to hear your background. So why you what kind of led to this being, um, you know, what you spend your time with now?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a, you know, it, sometimes you feel like all roads in your life actually came together when you had no idea that's where they would <laughs> lead. But, um So I spent um, over or almost 30 years at IBM, um, first of all, leading large businesses, half-billion-dollar businesses for IBM. And um, one of the things that I saw happening um, was that we were getting rid of people on one side that their skills had become dated. And then we were trying to hire essentially unicorns on the other side. And I just believed there was a different way. I just believed, I believe in the power of people and I thought we could take them from one place to another. And so I actually went back and got my master's in workforce and talent development, um, focused on um, specifically on AI and automation and the changing nature of work. Um, That led me to eventually go to Accenture, um, which um, where I was working one company at a time to help them as they went through digital transformation to help bring their talent along with that, um, with the technology change. Um, And um, it was there that as um, well, first of all, as I was on that leave of absence, I actually doing my schoolwork, I actually did a ton of community work including volunteering for what was the predecessor of the Milwaukee Tech Hub. And so as um, the coalition was formed, um, we, um, I brought Accenture on as one of those initial founding partners. And as I happened to be speaking on their behalf at an event, um, the, the firm came up and said, hey, what'd you think about joining us? Um, and Or the recruiting firm. And the reason I did is, you know, you can make impact one company at a time, or you can make impact at an organ or at a whole city, region kind of level. And I'm a firm believer that a strong economy actually solves a lot of other social ills that sometimes happen. So for me, this is a way of giving back and making a huge impact for the individuals in the community to have long-term economic and success
0: and and happy personal lives well there's a lot of things i want to talk about that you just mentioned (laughs) um (laughs) but i think the the first is probably the core of a lot of these um these these topics is how quickly technology is changing and how just the evolution of technology it doesn't look back um usually right so like as new things are invented there there's no delay in, in how quickly things change and, and, and that could be a, a lot of times, sometimes at the detriment of people that have spent decades building a specific knowledge that could in some cases not be as relevant anymore. Um, and so how do we, yeah, how does that impact people's jobs? How does that impact, uh, people's livelihoods? So I, I'd love to hear your perspective in, in, since this was like core to your, uh, education and a lot of your experiences and consulting work you did. Um, what, how, how in your eyes has technology has this Topic change over time, and, and have we been as um, I don't know is is intentional and is um, have as much of bias for action to help prevent some of the negative aspects of things like this happening in terms of humanity.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I think we've come a long ways in our thought process, and we have a ways to go yet. Right, um, so. First of all, I mean, we used to train for a job and that was the job, et cetera. Um, I think people are starting to realize that what we're really training for is for people to continually learn and that we need to be thinking about our hiring, not just on past experiences, but also on capacity and and innate capabilities. And so, and a good example, I mean, I'm a prime example of that. I was a marketing major in college. I went on to become a systems programmer at one point in my career before going into this. So I'm a firm believer that people can learn if you give them the opportunity to do so. And so um, we, we just have to provide the right opportunities, upskilling opportunities, et cetera. And there's a lot of adjacent skill sets that can be trained into, um, technology. And then the other piece of it is that honestly, we've, things have changed so much that every role needs to have a technology background. So I don't care right now if you're fashion design or if you're marketing or government affairs or anything in between, right? you have to have a basis in technology. And that will always change throughout your career. So one of the things we're doing is thinking about this, not only in terms of computer science majors, but for example, we have a summer program right now, which is multidisciplinary, that is teaching students on AI um, and data and um, both the um, both the technical aspects of that, but also, also the ethical impacts of that. And they'll be applying that to a real life case study. Um, and, and it does multiple things, right? It builds the pipeline of people that are prepared to go into these careers um, while at the same time and um, you know, creating the pipeline, but also making people employable for life and really acquainting them with these technologies.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, yes. So the power of people, um, is something you also just mentioned. And to me, it translated to, um, like you said, the, the unicorn example of that was a shift, but there's still a lot of, um, probably like diverse related, inclusive related benefits to, uh, hiring people that had different professions previously, instead of just trying to find the new computer science folks, obviously that's really important as well, but um, the power of people, what, what does that mean to you? Like what, what went into that statement? <laughs> I'm sure there's experiences you've yeah, had.
1: You know, and, and it's, it's really interesting. And you brought up the diversity aspect. So um, the Milwaukee tech hub coalition is committed to at least 50% of everyone we serve being from demographics that are traditionally underrepresented in tech including individuals of color, women, disabled, and veteran populations. And, you know, all of those individuals bring different experiences into the workplace and they are users of technology, et cetera. I mean it's study after study shows that a diverse working group actually is better for the business but also from an individual perspective, it creates opportunities that have not been there before. So one of the things that we have to be thinking about is the way to create that diversity partially is by looking at non-traditional pathways into technology and valuing other experiences equally to that. So for example, like we run an apprenticeship model, the average age is 33 in that apprenticeship model. And those individuals are coming into um, learning about technology. They may have had 10 years of manufacturing experience or insurance processing. When you start to add that plus the technical skills, You actually get the best of both worlds because now I have domain expertise, plus I have technical expertise. So when we think about diverse talents, that means both the backgrounds they may have, um, you know, from a life experience, but it also might mean the work experience that they bring into that. And the combination of skill sets is actually much stronger. And so opening those kinds of non-traditional pathways into tech actually m- improves the overall quality of the talent pool for our employers as well.
0: Yeah. Do you think that this uh, this kind of dichotomy of the, that the path and evolution of technology creates is something that'll be here forever? Like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, do you think there's going to be the manufacturing workers of today that are needing to be retrained onto more technological related activities? Or will it come to some point where AI and automation or something else comes into the mix where there's not as much of a learning curve? No. Well,
1: I think um, it's actually only going to accelerate. And I think we're but I think what will will happen over time is we'll get better at embracing um, this constant shift um, and this at the pace that what um, that we're embracing it. Um, and it's also, you know, the the this even within that, the skill sets that you'll have in technology will change as well, right? Um, so, you know, right now, data. Um, you know, software, cloud, et cetera, um, are all security, um, are all critical skill sets. Some of those, and even if you look back, I, mean, I hate to say it, but my career is 30 years old. Mm-hmm. What I did 30 years ago in tech as a systems programmer, all of that has been automated. My right. skills would no longer be in any way relevant. But what is important is that we're continually training on new skill sets um, based on that base um, and and also even those that have like left the workforce that we have programs to be able to bring them back. They have a technical base, but then bringing them back into the workforce, refreshing those skill sets and putting people to productive use in the workforce.
0: Yeah. Wow. I mean, if you think about it, like everything that has been automated has, I hate saying extremes of everything, but the majority of things that have been automated at some point were skills that people had or tasks that somebody did. So it's like the opportunity cost of learning something new that will eventually become maybe not relevant, but that automation wouldn't have happened if that skill wasn't a thing in the first place, if the task wasn't a thing in the first place. It's kind of a fun, crazy circle to go in. Um but, yeah, yeah, and so, it's actually, yeah. I
1: mean, and I think the other thing is, it becomes more important that we continue to innovate, right? And yep. that's the skill set that humans innately have that no, you know, that could not be automated. Um, it's part of the reason, you know, that we also, you know, our mission is to inclusively double tech talent, um, and we do that through attracting talent, building talent, but also building an innovation ecosystem because that is going to be critical to the future. And and it is a new place, right, where um, we can uh, productively apply our talents as well.
0: If, if someone's called... If, if somebody, like people that you know, if you think that they're innovative or, or they're called innovative, what are some of the characteristics or traits that they typically have commonly across people that are innovative? Would you say?
1: It's <laughs> actually... So I'm gonna. I happen to have Chuck Swoboda's book here uh, it's called The Innovator Spirit. So I'll do a famous plug for him. I actually yeah, really enjoy yeah. that. Um, and I didn't even know you were going to ask that question. But um, yeah, I didn't you know, either. So I love, I love his approach to this, which is. Innovation isn't necessarily something you do. It's a a mindset, right, Um, of which you're looking at the world. You have to be in a mindset of, you know, being willing to be wrong and continually challenging the status quo and understand and looking at things from, you know, a bigger perspective and stretching ourselves to the what's possible. And when we change our mindset, and there's others in the book that he talk about, but when we when we change our mindset to things can always be better, and yep. we and thinking big, that actually creates innovation. Um, whether that is, um, you know, taking oftentimes you're actually taking ideas from other industries or you know, something totally unrelated and you realize it applies in a new world way. So innovation doesn't have to be totally creative. It can just be a totally creative way of applying something old into a new space as well. So it's more about the ability to um, be willing to continually um, test the system and test yourself yeah. and challenge yourself. Yeah, wow.
0: I, I feel like we could keep going on talking about that itself, but I, I get, I have this the flow, so I'll stick to the flow just so we can cover everything. But one last question I had of, of a previous comment you had, you said that a strong economy solves, or in your opinion, a strong economy can solve, um, social challenges. So could you expand on that a little bit and maybe, um, if any specific examples you have, that'd be awesome. Yeah.
1: And I think, so a couple of things, um, first of all, you can do this right, or you can do it wrong. Um, And so as you look around the country, um, you know, there are places that while they grew their tech ecosystem, they actually led to a lot of disparity between, you know, the, the haves and have nots, or however you want to say it. It's one of the reasons that we firmly believe that Yes, there's a portion of this that might be attracting talent to the region, but we have the raw material here. We have the talent. We have the yep. people, and if we leverage the talent that's already here, from and this goes back to the diversity comments, etc. You know, tech um, tech professions, and I haven't looked at the most recent, but it's it's you know seventy percent more than average wages. Um, and so these are life-changing opportunities for individuals. When you go from you know, a $40,000 a year job to an 80 plus year, it changes lives and your ability to support families and everything else. And so um, that creates wealth in neighborhoods, um, that wealth in, uh, or innovation creates wealth in neighborhoods as well. And that, um, and when you challenge people, and there's jobs and everything else, um, good things happen in a in a region. And so, and and I also look at it, you know, on a smaller subset. You could look at companies that are growing and companies that are contracting. When a company's growing, there's a lot more opportunity for everyone, right? And so it's that mentality of, um, you know. Growing the pie
0: versus dividing up a pie. Got it. Awesome. Well, uh, Milwaukee Tech Up Coalition, talk to us through the inception and and some of the main activities that you've done in the past, um, and then we could start there.
1: Yeah. So first of all, we're very fortunate. We had some thought leaders in the region well prior to me that believed that companies coming together could actually make a difference. So North, it was led by Northwestern Mutual, Advocate Aurora joined them. Six companies came together um, and basically said, Hey, we can, we can do something together um, that we can't individually do. So basically that's how it was formed. Um, It's all private dollars um, that were put into this. Um, Now we've expanded that over time, but, um, It was originally formed all with private dollars. So um, I mentioned earlier the kind of the four ways that we think about this. One is is attracting tech talent and tech businesses to the region. Um, We have built a tech talent attraction site called choosemketech.org, which really tells the story of what is the tech ecosystem like here in Milwaukee? Like it is totally unique to have you know, um, Summerfest Tech, which is a tech conference on the lake, right? Um, You know, you can't get any better than having Lake Michigan. Um, So that attraction piece of it is important. The second piece that's very critical to us is building the uh, the diverse tech talent pipeline. Um, We have launched, I mentioned earlier, the collegiate boot camp on AI and data, um, on the ethics and impact of data and AI we have built an apprenticeship model. We collaborate with a number of reskilling providers to grow the ecosystem um, by building the talent here as well. Um, And those are things that are done, what I always call, there's always those like, wow, programmatic things, but then there's like the systematic stuff that's happening below the surface. Like right now we're working, um, we've Um, brought in NCWIT, which brings national best practices in increasing um, the diversity and the completion rate of women in tech, brought them into work with our um, higher educational institutions, our post-secondary institutions, and then we'll be funding projects to help them in increasing um, their diversity in tech. But those are things, that, never splashy, right? But there's systematic building blocks that are so critical um, to making things happen as well. We also run um, a program called Hour of Tech um, to kind of create the spark in the K-12 through 12 students. Yeah. So that then we can flow them into other programs. Um, the third one is really growing the innovation ecosystem. Um, And one of the things we figured out here is that um, we didn't have enough. We wanted to build this pipeline of startups. And so we started an early stage incubator. Um, We've had about 200 founders go through in two years, um, had over 100 new businesses formed as a result of that. And um, really, you can start that as early as I have an idea of a problem that can be solved and that I think can be solved through technology. And we help them take that idea and start to build it into a business um, plan, et cetera. So that's that's another way. So I know I just said a ton, but um, and then the last thing is connections and community, because honestly, we cannot do this alone. Um, We're a firm believer that small nonprofits don't change the world. But by creating the right connections um, in the community, you can actually move the entire region forward.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, That's amazing, first of all. (laughs) And how has it been going? How how long has the organization been around for? I guess that's a good start.
1: (laughs) We've been around two years. Um, Yeah. So that's probably the most surprising part of it.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: So I came in six weeks before.
0: Um, before we hit. <laughs> oh, wow. And you still were able to get 200 people through the early stage incubator, I think you said? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. And that was a quick pivot, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we had started in person. Um, that was the one program we had started before um, and had to quickly pivot to the virtual. But interestingly enough, we found that in some ways that There were good things about that. We could be more inclusive. We could get more people um, participating, you know, with kids on their laps or whatever, right? Um, And that actually worked really well. And I think grew the diversity of those that were in the program um, because it became more accessible than it might have otherwise. So, and there were things that honestly... Some people are always asking me, "How did you do that in the pandemic?" And in some ways, I think it actually was easier um, because there were immediate needs. Things were all yeah. broken, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, for example, the the summer collegiate program came out of that immediate need, where all of the um, employers were canceling their internships, right? Mm. I mean, in, and so from in six weeks, we went from concept to execution. 700 applications, we put a hundred people through a program, wow. um, for the summer, which, you know, was, uh, which was a good subs, uh, not a full substitute, but at least it continued the education and work experience, et cetera. Um, but we never would have done that right in normal times. And yeah. so that created the basis for us to learn and innovate and continue to challenge ourselves and led to what is now um, the, the pre-internship um, program that we do here at, um, at the Coalition.
0: Wow. All right, since, uh, since it's, you've only been around for two years, have you been able to track the impact at all or is it still in the works of, of trying to get some metrics out of, out of that?
1: So we do track. Um, we track both at the macro and the micro level. Um, so at the macro level, we leverage um, data from CompTIA, TIA um, to understand our our relative progress. That's hard because it's all in arrears. It, that is a difficult measure. Um, but we also, um, you know, we measure every program um, based on its impact. We measure the diversity, we measure both diversity at the start and the finish to make sure that we're seeing um, equal success. And if not, we're you know also figuring out the why behind that and yep. what additional yep. supports are needed um, behind that. So um, yeah, there is an impact report um, on our website, um, so anybody can go check that out.
0: All right. Um, future, the next two years, the next 20 years, what, what do you hope when you look back to, to see that you've and team have created?
1: So, um, you know, you get some snippets of where you're going and I'll, I'll give you the example (laughs) from this week, which is, um, you know, you looked around the room at Summerfest Tech and then outdoors. And the composition of the audience was very much reflective of the composition of our region, wasn't reflective only of the composition of tech talent in our region, which, you know, has historically been more white male. Um, and, and when you look across uh, the audience, it was very diverse. And, and that's what we want to see is I see a future where employers aren't having an issue trying to find the talent that they want because we've built the talent that we need and we've done it in conjunction with um, the community. And to do that, that means like things like apprenticeships where we've been building to that, we start to scale. One of the reasons we chose that approach is because it truly is a pathway that can scale. You can have it going on in every employer all at the same time. It's not dependent on the size of a cohort, right? It is dependent on companies and the ability to put multiple companies together to grow at scale. So those are the things that are going through our minds is um, very much in alignment with the innovators approach, which is you start small, you learn, you modify, and then you work to scale. And that's exactly where I think the pivot point we're under is uh, we've learned a lot and now it's time to scale.
0: Yeah. Wow. And would you want to scale this beyond Milwaukee at all, like the model, at least? Do you think that it would be a model that be replicated in different cities or do you think it's kind of city specific?
1: So actually, there are similar organizations um, across the country. Um hmm. Not all of them invest in the same way that we do. Right, um, right. So a lot of us, uh, traditional tech associations are focused um, on um, providing education events, those kinds of things. Um, so I am perfectly content to do great things here in yeah. um, the seven county region around Milwaukee and to partner with Chicago and Madison and others to continue to grow what we've done. With that said, there are best practices that we can t- that others I feel like we can share with others. Um, mm-hmm. The 4M Early Stage Incubator is one of those of how do you how do you bring new people in as tech entrepreneurs? How do you give them enough confidence to do so? And then on the flip side, there are things that we are learning from others. I brought in NC Wit, right? AI for All, etc. So. I don't believe that the best ideas are created here. I believe that we have to be learning both bi directionally as well.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, um, how could people get engaged uh, with Milwaukee Tech Hub and, and where could they go to get engaged?
1: <laughs> sure. Our website is mketech.org. Um There is a, a monthly newsletter that comes out that has lots of opportunities around. Um, volunteerism, etc. So as an individual, that's one way. As an organizational level, um, the sponsorship and the membership is an important way that we continue to grow and provide services associated with that. Um, so both of those, um, our social channels, LinkedIn um, and Instagram are the two that we focused on first. Um, so yep. I would go to those as well. Um, and then some of the big things, like I know um, you asked about, like um, some of the things coming up. But Tech Week will be yeah. the very first week in October, um, and that will be, you know, last year we had about eighteen hundred people, we had wow. fifty events go on, we had, and um, um, we had fifty events from fifty different partners, and um, that will be a great week um, to get plugged in and, and see what Milwaukee is all about.
0: Wow. Well, Kathy, um, thank you so much for, for sharing the work that you're doing with market tech up coalition. I usually like to end these episodes with asking you, is there something you want to leave us with before you wrap up? Um, whether it's something we covered or whether it's like a tidbit of knowledge or, or whatever. Um, uh, I'd love to hear, hear that before we uh, finish the interview up here.
1: Yeah, I, I, think um, we all need to be thinking about the potential of people. I think going back to that part where we started, um, we need to be thinking of talent differently. We need to be thinking about our capacities and our, um, our capabilities, not necessarily based on what we have already shown, but our potential to grow into that. When we do that, um, we will change the mindset um, and give people the opportunity to show that this is possible, right? And we have to encourage everyone to learn that you know, learning tech is not a big deal. Right? If I did it <laughs> not as a marketing major, everybody can do it, and um, yes, I think that's. Yes. I think that is um, part of the messaging: is both um, to the individual, you have the capacity, and to the employers.
0: People have the capacity, and um, we need to lean into that. All right. Well, Kathy, thanks again so much for your time. We really appreciate it. She's sharing your story and sharing the work that you're doing at Milwaukee Tech Hub Coalition, and we're really honored and excited to to share it with our audience. So thank you again.
1: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you know of a great organization or individual leaving a positive impact, we'd love to tell their story. Check us out and contact us at GTZP.org. Don't forget, for more stories like this, you could also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Instagram followers are linked to you in the bio. And for podcast listeners, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening and see you again soon.